Bryce Isaiah, my man, what is happening? It is the kid, Brendan Smith from Sequester Season 4, here to stop by and let your listeners know that it's time to buckle up. It's time to strap in. It's time to sequester yourself and get to listening because it's a, it's a, it's a Purple Pants podcast, y'all. Let's have some fun. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Simply Decadence for me. What's poppin'? And welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your Simply Decadent host, Bryce Isaiah. And I hope everybody is good. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. Listen, you already know it's Simply Decadent over here. How has everyone been doing? How y'all, you know, y'all putting up the Christmas tree yet? Because I've been seeing more and more people got their holiday trees up. But before we get into all of this and all of that, please make sure you're subscribing to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Make sure you guys write a review. I love to read the reviews. Make sure you give your baby boy some five stars. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. But what's been going on, shout out to my Purple Pants Posse for tuning in every week with me. I appreciate you. Shout out to all my new listeners. What's poppin'? Come on in and get some of this Simply Decadence, okay? Come on in, sit on down, and welcome to the Simply Decadence show. We poppin'. Shout out to all my listeners that's checking me out because you know your baby boy is a star on the hit TV show Survivor Corgiar 28 streaming now on Netflix. Who gonna check me, boo? Oh, don't play with me. It's like, no. <laughs> Don't even get me started. They, the fan love is still coming in constantly. I'm humbly honored that you know this th- on this this third boot still out here making noise. But anyway, I'm so excited for this episode. It's a lot going on. The holiday season is upon us. Well, I don't know why I just screamed like that. Upon us. Um, but yeah, the holiday season is upon us, and I'm excited. I'm going back and forth whether or not I'm going to get a Christmas tree this year. I don't know. Y'all know how I get around the holidays. Like, I love the holidays, but sometimes it's hard for me to get into the holidays. And then especially when we in a pandemic. And, you know, like, you know, so it's a lot of different factors. But whether or not I get a Christmas tree or not. I, um, you know, starting my holiday shopping, although I've been starting my holiday shopping well before Thanksgiving. However, now that we're like in the holiday swing of things, I had told my Twitter family, but I'm gonna tell y'all that all of my gifts this year that I'm like, now mind you, my list is really, really small because see the way my budget is set up, it's really, really small. So, you know, I got, you know, rent. I got, you know, you know, real life, we in a pandemic. So, you know, I'm blessed to have a job. So, you know, I ain't really, you know, spending all that money on gifts this year. You know, I'm just trying to look at the simply decadence of things. However, you know me, I'm always trying to think of a way that I can give back or that I can make my gifts meaningful. And so I have decided this year 
all of the gifts that I will be given, which is not many, it's two or three. Okay, I can't stress that enough because see the way the budget is set up. I'm just trying to make sure y'all know. But all of the gifts that I'm giving this year, I want them to come from a black-owned small business. And for me, that's my way of giving back. Um, And yeah, so, and I know some people are like, well, what do you mean? Like, listen, I know a lot of friends that own businesses. I follow a lot of people online that are entrepreneurs like myself. And I want to support them. And instead of going to, you know, Macy's and, you know, Target and Walmart, you not that I really get gifts from Walmart, although I do get bed in the bags from Walmart, but a bed in the bag is for myself. So that does not count. But instead of going to those major corporations that are sailing on fine during this crisis in our nation, I want to just try to give back to people that are entrepreneurs that are small businesses and I encourage you guys to do the same and maybe it doesn't have to be a black owned but maybe you guys can just support your local businesses in your areas support small businesses online you know I just you know that that for me and again it's weird calling myself an entrepreneur but I really am though because I'm really out here just doing my little thing and I appreciate the support and without the support of you guys I don't know how like I, I it just wouldn't exist and so I just want to extend that support that you give to me to others and so I'm just out here uh, I know there's now mind you see the issue is I really want to tell y'all some of the places that I've been but a lot of my friends and family listen to the podcast and they're going to be like, oh, that's what he got me for Christmas. So I won't I won't go into details, but there are a lot of small businesses like my cousin uh, Butter. He owns a clothing store in Philadelphia called Casual Luxury. I actually had him on my podcast before, so I'm supporting him. Um, there are a lot of other like I found a lot of candle makers on Etsy that were black owned. Um, so and there's uh, Harriet's bookstore. So, you know. Uncle Bobby's bookstore um, that's in Philadelphia. It's a black-owned bookstore. So I'm just thinking outside of the box. You know, last year, my way of thinking outside the box was that I got, like, personalized gift wrapping for everybody. So everyone that I bought a gift for, I, like, specifically went out to look for personalized gift wrapping. But see, again, the way the budget is set up this year, um, I still got a lot of that gift wrap from last year. And because the simply decadence of it all, they just going to get that wrapping paper. But I just really thought to myself, what is some that I, how I could give back in a small way. And that's just really what I'm doing this year. And so, you know, the gifts might be a little smaller this year, but it's more about it's the meaning for me. So, you know, baby boy, been chilling. I had a really good weekend. This weekend, I started watching Selena. Now, nobody was going to tell me that the Selena Netflix series came on. Oh, okay. Thanks. So, mind you, I'm slow walking it. Because, and I, I went online, you know me, I like to do my, a little bit of my research. And so I went online and I saw a lot of people comparing it to the Jennifer Lopez version. Well, n- number one, so I seen the first episode. And in the first episode, I seen enough to know that the series is amazing. The casting is amazing. You know, Selena's sister with that like bucket hat, like the casting is amazing. Um, so I started that. I also, my friend Sarah, shout out to the one and only Sarah. She was telling me about this show on um, on Amazon called Uncle Frank. 
whew, it was a tough watch. Um, it's about, it's like this, uh, it was about this uh, gay guy who was, grew up in the South. It's in like the 1970s. Um, and, you know, his family didn't really know about him, but I don't want to give it away. But it was like a good, it's supposed to be a feel-good movie, but baby, I'll, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a feel-good movie, but it, um, it, it was very realistic, and it just kind of sort of made me appreciate, for me, being an openly gay black man, to just know the struggles of the other people, uh, or not other people, of the other gay men that have come before me, what it was like for them. So that, and, and that type of essence, it just kind of made me appreciate my life. And I was just, that, that was it really. That's all she wrote this weekend. And I've been filling my orders. So that's it. But anyway, another, I'm just rambling on to y'all today. Listen, what's popping? But I'm excited about this week's episode, okay? Simply decadence. Don't ask me where it came from. I'm one of those people that I'll hear something and it will literally just stick in my head for forever. We got a great episode for you guys this week. You know we kicking it off with our church announcements, okay? We welcome back Jitsia Hart-Teller to give us the recap of the season finale of The Real Housewives of Potomac. I got my boo, Brooke Kamhai, the winner of her season of Amazing Race. I've got my boo back. We're breaking down this last episode of The Amazing Race. And then, you know, the show Euphoria, we covered it here before in the podcast. They they kind of released in a special Christmas episode. I don't know, but I watched it and I give you guys my thoughts on it. We've got the Purple Pants Picks and Freak of the Week, okay? So what else more is there for me to do other than let's get the simply decadence of the church announcements started i don't know what voice that was but it sounded decadence if decadence was an ex-smoker that still possessed decadence (laughs) what This week's church announcements, I just have to give a shout out to my survivor hero turned into friend, Sari Fields. If you don't know, Sari is hosting a Sari's holiday party, okay, December 19th from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, baby, and some of your favorite survivors, okay, Poverty, Ozzy, Tyson, Davey, Uncle Carl, Eliza, myself, Max Dawson, just to name a few, and Sandra Diaz Twan will be in the building, okay? We're doing some Survivor trivia rooms. We're doing a puzzle competition. And I already told Savri, I said, Savri, you know I love you, girl. You my idol. But, baby, I'm about to whoop that ass in that puzzle competition, so get ready, okay? And I know Adam Klein is going to be doing a workshop on casting, so this is definitely a holiday party that you don't want to miss, okay? A portion of the proceeds will be benefiting Sunday Request and her fight against cancer, okay? So the tickets are $40. You can Venmo or Cash App to Sari Fields, and there's a flyer floating, floating around. 
It's on my page, Sari's page. So I'm sure you guys will see it. So I hope you guys are in the building. It's so crazy. You know, I'm going to be up in there with Ozzy. Hey, Ozzy. I'm going to ask him if he want to make an OnlyFans video with me. But anyway, so listen, support a good cause. Okay. And then last on the church announcements, you know, you want me to say it? The Zaddy calendars and the Hot Girl calendars are flying off the show. Thank you so much for your support. But I'm just warning you guys now. I'm getting low. And when I mean low, I'm getting towards the end of the barrel. And I, I'm listening. I said this last year. And then I ended up ordering more. I'm not ordering more this year. Okay. They limited Okay, this year. So if you want your Zaddy calendar, if you want your hot girl calendar, and you want to get them for somebody for Christmas, or you just, you know, you want to go into 2021 with a Zaddy or a hot girl, I'm letting you know, order them now because they go on like hotcakes. But seriously, I honestly am on the verge of selling out, which is, I just, the support that I receive from you guys is so real. And I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. But seriously, if you guys are looking to get them for holiday gifts or whatever, order them while they last. Because when they gone, they about to be like Monica. So gone. So I mean, that's not how the song go, but the Monica song. So going. But yes, and that's going to conclude this week's church announcements. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And keeping the menu rolling, I'm so excited because the season finale of, oh, oh, wait, hold on one second. What is going on? What, what? Oh. I don't know what he is. What is a thought to decide how much I love you? Sorry. That this is not say. what I signed up for. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need you to really. I did not need that. Don't, don't, don't do Kansas. Okay. <sighs> you know what? I, honestly, the song was good, but it wasn't because of her. So whatevs. The song was okay. good. I'll give it to her. You sound like. Yes, I'll give it to the I, producer. Shout out to the producer. Oh, you did okay. that. I didn't know we had Ashley Darby here on the episode. I was getting ready to welcome oh, Jatia Hart Taylor. Where'd my edges go? Wow, wow. <laughs> but welcome, Ashley. You do have a lot of explaining <laughs> to do because... Ooh, well, let's child. just dive right in then. Okay. Ciao. But anyway, this welcome was a, back. This was, um, this was the best season. This was, was the best season of Potomac, period. Uh, you, mm, yeah, okay, I'll go yeah, with that. Yes, the best season of Potomac. I'm just saying, uh, it got juicy. However, it got juicy I, this season. I had, I had some, yeah, I had some meat to grab onto. It, it stayed juicy. Okay, before we get into the season finale, we got to go back to Karen's wig shift party. Okay, wait, 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 no, no, no. I want to rewind even further back to the bathtub, and I just want to say <laughs> one little thing about the bathtub, and then we can move on. Is that this is what I like about Karen? Right, Karen is on TV trying to like quasi sex her man down in front of the whole world and she don't care if y'all don't care okay she's talking about her uh, look she's talking (laughs) about holesies and toesies and all this other kind of stuff and she don't care okay i just want to say that and that is why i love karen she don't care 
She don't care about none of y'all. And neither does Raymond, okay? Because Raymond needs to take a pill, and he needs about 45 minutes to an hour before any anything like that can happen. Well, by the time they get out of the bath, he'll be ready. So, you know, whatever. Toesy, woesies, hosies, they got to go. Raymond couldn't even get up the steps, <laughs> okay? She but, was hollering for like 20 minutes, Raymond, in the bathtub while he edging his way up. He got the chair going up the rail and, you know, all that. Okay. He needed a stair lift, but... <laughs> Another okay, so back to that last week's episode. Another interesting, what I felt was awkward was Ashley, her mom, and Uncle Lump having dinner with Michael, talking about Michael cheating on Ashley. I just like you're married, so tell me as give me a married person's perspective. Was that not weird? It was very weird. Okay. It was very weird because, well, first of all, I mean, like, I understand that they want to call him out and try to keep him accountable, but I don't know how I would feel about my family, like, calling my husband out on the carpet. Like, that's a private conversation between, like, if you want to, uh, you know, get some straightening with my husband, then you don't need an audience to do so. Okay. That's what I was feeling, but I was like, I don't know. It was just weird. Um, after... Okay, I'm jumping all over the place. But anyway, after the conclusion of this season, I'm convinced Ashley is in this relationship to have these babies and to get this money and get out. But anyway, we'll put that on the back burner. Uh, the wig shift party. Now, I, I know I have to explain to the listeners what happened, but I really want to know your take on it. Uh, but anyway, we know Monique and Candace, they had that falling out. Caron, the grand dame, is a great friend to both of them, allegedly. And, you know, she's pouring into Monique and, you know, allegedly pouring into Candace. And so she's having this wig shift party um, because she's launching another company. But she's really just the face of the company because we know that it's the hairstylist's wig and he's just putting hair he's just putting karen's name on it to sell wigs but what do i know i just mind my business in purple pants podcast land but anyway the tea is is that you know when we was in portugal drinking a poncha karen very clearly said your girl very clearly said monique is not invited to the to the uh the, 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 to the wig shift party okay and then, you know, we see Ashley going out to dinner with her and she is saying, oh, I never said that. I didn't say that. I always said Monique was invited. Mm, okay. Look, let's just fast forward and just say, let's just sum it up by saying the grand dame is a grand lawyer. So, okay. Let's just, oh, let's yeah, just yes. keep it plain simple. I she think is. that she really was, you know, I think she straight up lied and tried to cover her tracks. But in my opinion, in my positive opinion that I have of the grand dame, I felt like maybe she was trying to mend fences and she should have been mending her business uh absolutely and then ashley who was always spilling the tea told the group that well ashley told the group what monique told her and monique karen told monique that you know if you do if you happen to see the girls you should stand your ground and speak your peace now that doesn't that does sound like a grand liar and not a grand mender but anyway that was the wig shift party and then allegedly so i have to say that the funniest thing that came out of the wig shift party didn't actually happen at the wig shift party but it was ashley trying to tell michael about the wig shift party he was like wig shift and then she was like about to explain what wig shift meant, but then she was like, no, nah, I'm just going to tell you the rest of it. That was the funniest thing that came out of the doggone party. Mm. So, Roll whatever. Up. It was a messy lie, and then the grand dame went off and ate her chicken with Ray. No, pr- right, which is just another lie. But anyway, I... Um, I well, she I, was I preparing to go to Florida. Mm. You know, <laughs> for her appearance. 
Uh, listen, but shout out to the Grand Dame and the La Dame, which is an HSN or HNS, HSS. HSN. Home HSN, Shopping Network. It. Yes. 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 So yes, yes, yes. props to her. Look, she may only be the face, but that face is on HSN. Well, no, I believe that is her company for the perfume, but it's definitely not her company with the wig. She's just the name on the face of the wig because we saw the we saw the wig maker at that party. But anyway, back to the season finale. Okay, so where do we even like this season finale was really really good. It um, was. I'll tell you where I'd like to start, and that okay. was the twins getting their nails done. And by the twins, I mean Monique and her mother, because clearly Monique's you mean mom. Candace. Candace. Yeah, Candace, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Monique. Candace. Candace and her mum. So Candace and her mum clearly went to the same hairdresser. They got the same extensions. <laughs> like literally, they look like twins going into the, the same coat person room. beat their face. Okay. Yes, clearly, and it was clearly it was Candace's mom who beat both of them. Shout out to which she got slapped with that purse. That you see how I brought that all back. Yeah. Okay. So they were Not at the funny. It was totally I don't body. know where where the joke goes because <laughs> it. Well, okay, okay, I promise you, I won't make no more jokes if you promise not to play that damn song no more. No, girl, I'm gonna <laughs> play it, but go ahead. So anyway, they were getting their I don't nails done, and they is. were basically talking about. Looks like um, that Candace and her mom are in a better place, which is great. Um, and it's just funny because she was just talking about the dichotomy of how she was really growing close to the Dom um, and kind of considering her like her surrogate and the, you know, a very important woman in her life, um, you know, just below her mother and how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Yes, because she's basically growing closer to her mom and away from the Dom. The Dom is off at HSN. Ray is like, I would come with you, but I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> and she is off. And while she is there, we get the background. I'll tell you this. For me, I really saw um, what I was waiting for for a long time out of the Dixon dynasty. Okay. So I love Are we talking about it. therapy? The th- yes. About, oh, you girl. Yes. yes. That was very real and raw therapy of the Dixon Dynasty. Uh, I concur, the but best, the best things that I have seen come out of her and him. I thought they were really honest. I thought that you know they cut through all the bullshit and like literally they boiled it down to a freaking like two minutes of you know look we was young we was dumb we didn't take it seriously we jumped in too fast we did too much. Um, we got divorced and we grew up and we realized how important we were to each other. We decided that we loved each other enough to make it work and to forgive each other and move forward. I thought it was beautiful. It was gorge. I I was here for it. I, I, I don't know why when I watch shows, I get emotional. So I was like crying a little bit. But just that I always do that. So that was great to see them kind of come full circle. Then we know that they're having this party and you know they're planning this holiday party which in my opinion like robin had to have known but anyway they're all i like how they're like every year we do a holiday party and they show two pictures one from like 1998 and one from like 2006 i'm like oh and it was okay. like at their house at their house and i'm like well girl i've been watching y'all for three and a half years and i don't recall you hosting any party but anyway i mean the party was it, gorge it was at a nice par- little event uh event space the, it was uh everybody came which was well 
you know, everybody who was invited came. You know, well, everybody was invited came at child. You know, Shasha came, Sharice came. Shasha! I Shasha. love seeing Shasha with her I cute sequin dress. She had, a, she had a new little date. I was full of Shasha. Shasha her, felt she, Wait, hold on. Her date was fine. Okay. He reminded me of a little Rick Fox ass yes. a little bit. Rick Fox, Gray Fox, Silver Fox. Honey, okay. come through. He was very cute. Listen. Shasha might have thought, you know, at the start of the season, she's going to be back on the show. She must have thought she was about to be a friend of a friend of the show because they did give Shasha a lot of time. Um, I always hate how they do Sharice, though, because it's like, I mean, I guess if you do, because Sharice has went from housewife to then friend of the show because the the first season after Sharice was not on she was like she filmed like she was a housewife they just demoted her because she was a part of every scene then the next season like we didn't see her much and then like this season she gets brought on like as like can't like her title was like Candace's friend I feel like Bravo y'all need to do our ex-housewives better you can I I would prefer it to actually say like ex-former housewife yes like why they be so shady but anyway she what was I fabulous. She she came she, for the fights and she was she here. She came for the fight. And mind you, Sharice's son is gorgeous. I don't I don't know if have you ever seen her her son? You told me we had this conversation before. Uh, yes. on, on podcast or on the phone? Both. I uh. <laughs> definitely on the phone. Okay, definitely on the phone. Um okay. but I have not seen I think you you might have sent me a picture. So I have to scroll back. Scroll back. I'll send it. Yeah. So anyway, so the big issue is is that like or no this is like what they try to set the the tone is that Ashley is getting ready for the party and she's talking to her husband and she's like yeah and I've heard from Giselle that Juan's gonna propose and Michael's like that would never happen let me tell you something Michael was the scorned uh, jealous person jump off yes he was acting like a straight up jump off like oh it's fine it's fine yeah it's fine no it's totally cool i know what's going on like oh we're totally yeah we're we're connected we're soul you know our souls speak to each other well you know child last season he said he wanted to suck something and we never knew who he wanted to suck his soul (laughs) his soul yeah, so, I've been known to t- I've been known to take a couple of souls in my day, but anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Okay, all right. So yeah, so Michael was totally okay. <laughs> all you can do right now is really play that song after the, after you said that. So so yeah, so Michael is one of those people who is like. Uh, not a good drunk. Not a good he, drunk. Okay. He, he is definitely a doctor. Mr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde. What's the, how you say it? Dr. J- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He, it, like, after this, hold on, let me get my, some chapstick. Hold on. Okay. Back. I just got to put some chapstick on while I talk about mm. Michael. Mm. Um, For real? He, you think he put the chapstick on? <laughs> no. Okay. Juan Dixon do, but I'm not mm. <laughs> not Michael. Juan is cute. My, now, my, no, Juan could get it. Okay, he about the only husband on the show uh, that can. You can take big boy. I'll tell you, you that. Let me tell you something. When he got down on one knee and I saw them loafers, those no socks loafers, I was like, do it, do it. I yes. see you, sir. Yes, she's going to say yes, or somebody else will jump up and say yes. So Michael would have been like, I do, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it do just, it. It was weird to see the bromance between Juan and Michael because early on, uh, maybe two seasons ago, Juan was very standoffish against Michael, especially with all of those allegations. I think that it's a one-sided romance, to be quite honest. I I mean, I believe it, but... 
I, I, Michael was really like weirdly obsessing over Juan Dixon. Yeah, and then he he got so upset and it was like he cared more about what Juan said than what his wife was thinking and feeling and stuff like that. Right. And the more, and mind you, you, they, you <laughs> I can't even talk. You know they say alcohol is the liquid truth teller. Mm. So, whatever. Candace is supposed to be performing. Oh, oh, oh. Candace is supposed to be performing. Oh, my gosh. Come okay. On. She's supposed oh to be performing her song. Oh, my gosh. The Grand Dame can't. Well, she said that she cousin. She, the Grand, I cannot talk tonight. You the Grand not. Girl, don't do it. Just keep, just keep playing that clip, Shot. honey. That's it's, why it's the clip. The clip messed you up. It's the souls coming back. But um, <laughs> how many? Is it? I mean, oh. it's a couple. Uh, but this is spicy. This is a spicy little chat here. So, oh, so funny. yes, um, Candace is in the car you know warming up her voice because she has been I think Candace's asked. husband is cute though do you think do you think Chris is cute not 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 big boy what, what's Candace's yeah, husband's name yeah Chris yeah uh, I do is it Chris yeah I think he's cute too actually I think well is it more is, is they're both named Chris okay double check it yeah, yeah I like Chris too so she's warming up but what I was saying, though, was that the last time that people have seen uh, the Grand Dame was around the wig shift party, and she left abruptly. But then she sent a text message to the group kind of sort of saying, like, see, I told Monique to come at 3 and Candace to come at 6. But Candace has been spilling the tea that, like, girl, no, you called me and told me to come at 5. But anyway, so they're all talking about how uh, they don't think the Grand Dame is going to show up. And then she they was think she's trying some, to bow out. Right. And, and she, she was giving some excuse. long, weird explanation about a plane. And like I don't know. Just just sounded really weird. Um, but then Candace performed her song, which I will not play the clip. But it, I, it was good, though. I'll tell you. It was good. So It started off. I pulled the covers over my head because I was like, ooh, that is so awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, me being a recording artist that has had a song that has peaked in charts, you know, I know what it's like to perform um, in front of large crowds. So, I like the, defin- like the one in your bedroom with all the souls. <laughs> no, okay, keep keep it moving. <laughs> one soul at a time. Maybe there's been a time that there's been two. It's like no. Uh, <laughs> But that was awkward. But anyway, we get to, because mind you, we got to get to the nitty gritty. So Juan ends up proposing. It's a celebratory time. All the girls are going crazy. Uh, oh, another. Okay, let's also get to another awkward thing. Baby, when Giselle pulled up to that party with her stylist. Everything was wrong. It was all a no for me. And, and if you want to talk about Giselle and her stylist. No, Giselle's outfit was cute. No. It was just, not. It was. Just, a, it, let me tell you. It was I. And then Karen showed up and showed her how it was supposed to be worn. No, Karen looked a mess. No, Karen, Karen looked a mess. The, the, ch- the chain necklace, I was a no. But everything else, the... Again, Giselle has an issue with the length and height of her... Um, attire on the bottom, and again she had. Girl, on she high, had on pants. She had on high water pants. Uh, girl, your pants are girl, supposed to hit the ground, boo. Girl, girl, okay, because you just love coming at yourself, but girl, let's talk about your cheetah pants, pajama pants that you wear, okay? What's uh, wrong with those? I don't understand girl. What's your point. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> That's hot. I don't, you, you have. <laughs> Okay, all right, because there is nothing wrong with cheetah pants or cheetah print. 
Okay. Okay. Eyes Keep it moving. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is saying. But anyway. Okay. So what I was going to say is the proposal was tray sweet and it was touching. And we had already gotten the background to the Dixon dynasty. So it was everybody loved it. And the crowd went wild. Um, what were your thoughts on the actual proposal? I liked it. I thought it was cute. I um I liked how it just came right after the thing. It was really, really great. Um, then afterwards, uh, you know, Michael wanted to congr- congratulate oh, or or be mad at his ex lover, so they Here started drinking. Correct. Right. The jump off. And earlier in the episode, Michael said that he was only going to be drinking Coronas because anytime that he drinks at events, there's always issues. Hmm. hmm. But anyway. Dot dot I, dot. But I'll digress on that. So the girls are just enjoying their time. Karen, the grand dom, arrives late in tacky. And um, she is, you know, Shasha ain't want no smoke because once Karen started talking about the plane, Shasha, that Sharice was like, I'm about to get a drink. So then her and Candace start going back and forth. And now I'm interested to know your opinion on this. So when they start screaming, very drunk Michael, and we already know that Karen. Candace's husband does not like Michael. Candace's husband is one of the people that right. has heard him say that he wanted to suck a whatever it was. A soul. Um, at, a soul. Yes. That's what he said. We know, and we know that they, the the Dillards, or I don't really know what Candace's husband's last name is, but anyway, we know that they ain't so fond of Ashley and Michael, and Ashley and Michael aren't so fond of him. So, and, and mind you, Chris... Uh, her husband, Chris, uh, I'm about to say Monique, Chris, uh, Candace's husband, minding his business, having a drink at the, the bar, and here comes Michael, like, you need to get your wife, it's really not a good look. And Chris very, very sternly says, you need to shut the F up. Oh, he was like, ah, 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 ah. And mind you, Chris, so I, you tell me what you think, because I want to know what you think from this point of like, was that, go ahead. Okay, so what I think was Candace is a drama queen and she doesn't... Oh, girl, that's not what I asked you. First of all, you asked me to talk, so we can't do it at the same time. Anyway, as I was saying, Candace is a drama queen and she shouldn't have got loud, right? So, but this is what she does. This is a repeated pattern. Um, And I don't think Chris did, honestly, anything wrong. I think Mike is an asshole. I think uh, Candace is a drama queen. And I mean, like, he did. He said, look, you ain't about to talk about my wife like that. Plain and simple. And I think that, you know, he did approach Michael. And Michael was being the drunk guy in a bar and took it over the top. Uh, He hit me. But did you notice how he kept going from hit to touched? Well, he kept I think saying, he "Here, him hit me. He touched me." So then, as she got involved, and when he, well, she was trying my, to calm him down, but there well, was he, no calming him down. Well, okay, no. he just got jilted by his lover. He's drunk. <laughs> he just but, got told off in a bar full of people. It was on. There were it was the ball was rolling down the hill, and there was no stopping gravity. Okay, it's what I did not like from Ashley, and this is how you know Ashley's been waiting for this moment. So once Michael Darby told Ashley that her husband hit him 
because he kept going back and forth and saying hit and touch. As she ran through the piles and said, you see Monique? I mean, you see Candace? You or your husband can't control you. Like, you know, she just wanted to drive that point home like, oh, okay, but you can, you or your husband can't control yourselves. And so Candace started going off, popping off, and then Candace and her husband kind of sort of exit to the hallway. Security was getting mic'd together um, and, you know, and Juan, and my, this is what, Mike, I'm going to call my lawyer. I'm going to call my lawyer. I'm going to tell you, you something. I just want to say that Michael did not calm down until Juan rushed him up a Juan little bit. Until Juan ripped him up. Right. And, and Mike was like, you. ooh. And but listen, like, okay. It, what isn't it how like if you watch you know we would see these like lifetime movies but isn't it in your head like if you're watching a lifetime movie and a guy proposes to his girlfriend and the the jump off is there and makes a scene and the guy has to like restrain his ex lover that was very like he gripped Michael up and Michael was like oh mm-hmm. My- Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the, all of that drama happened. It kind of like spoiled the mood a little bit. But, baby, the real tea was Michael asked to be demiked. And when he got demiked, he went into Why well, was like, like a, his pants all out? It was just like ridiculous. I was like, he is getting upset for no reason. He got his pants out because he has to be demiked. It's very Rudy Giuliani damn pants in the hotel room. <laughs> just saying, it's looking, it's looking real weird. So basically, at this point, it was no stopping Michael. Michael was just being an asshole. And. And he was just like off the ranch. Okay. He was just mad about everything. He was mad because somebody was touching him. He was mad because somebody was pushing him. He was mad because Juan was getting married. He was mad because Ashley had no edges. It was all across the board. Okay. And it was just really an interesting scene because Ashley tried to get involved. She couldn't. It seemed like security had to get involved because he, he seemed to be thrusting himself at the production team, which was like the thrusting, fourth wall. Like, uh, I mean, that's what it appeared to be. Like, he was thrusting himself. Okay. And, you know, it. we just get to see... It's these moments that we get to see Ashley and Michael when Ashley goes outside and it's like, I would never do this in front of, like, whatever. And she then tells him to F off. It almost reminds me uh, from season two when they were outside of their Australian restaurant that failed. But even though in this episode, Michael is saying that... Oh, yeah, call Chris out. He said that Chris has a failing restaurant. Well, I'm like, well, you had an Australian restaurant that was failing in Potomac. But anyway, but do you remember that scene from season two when it was like he refused to talk to Ashley and they were like outside standing in front of a car and he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. It just was like just very eerie. Um, And then from that, it just went to a day later. They went to the Bahamas and Ashley's expecting their second child. I'm sorry. I... mm, I, I, the, 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 she does not really love that man. Like, I mean, she may have in the beginning. I don't know. But she just wants to have children by the same man that's wealthy. But I guarantee you, two to three years, she's out. And she's taking her money with her. It's something about him. It's just too much with Michael. It's too many of these allegations that you're on grinder. You're caught on camera saying that you want to like give fellatio to a man you are groping uh producers like behind you are caught in a hotel this is this is what uh, i want to say about this like i feel like she sort of knew what she was getting into 
um, and she hoped that it would work out and she took a gamble and it doesn't seem like it's working. And honestly, it probably wouldn't be this bad if she wasn't on TV, but you know, that that puts fuel on the fire. So it she, does. Knew, she knew, she knew what was up a little bit, you know, like she didn't know, but she probably didn't know how bad it was going to get. But you know, I, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I don't think they're going to stay married. Is is my I don't, is what I'm getting. I don't to. think so either. And even though you keep saying Ashley have no uh, edges, I really liked her. Um, I liked her swoop back ponytail. I oh, thought it, it was cute. cute. It was. She she ain't got no edges, but I mean, it's still cute. She cute. <laughs> she a cute girl. I ain't gonna. I ain't taking it from her. She just you know she thinning. She got a little traction alopecia. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Chile. Well, this has been amazing to cover the a whole season of Potomac with you. Oh I have totally enjoyed it. You know, we've had our little arguments where, you know, you're just wrong. And I have to tell you that. But, you know, I still love you. I have totally enjoyed you have a little family arguing with you all season about Real Housewives and how I'm right and you're wrong. So thank you for having me. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know what we're going to do now that our Potomac is over. We'll, they will just have to wait and see. Oh, gosh. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jatia. Do you have anything coming up for the people? What are you doing over there on JatiaPhD.com or well, on your Instagram? So what's going well, on, Well, my dear, we just got ready for the holidays. We did a little decorating and have a new project that is coming out, a redo, a refresh, um, and doing some outreach for my lovely young ladies in STEM. So a new website, JatiaPhD.com, is being launched in January. And we are hard at work doing that, enjoying the holidays, and enjoying being on the Purple Pants Podcast. Why did you have to ruin it? Why did you have to Oh, no. Bye, boo. Goodbye. TTYL. Keeping the amazing race rolling we back back again oh with my girl brookie poo was popping hi hello good morning afternoon <laughs> day evening good evening good day whatever day it is or whatever time it is that you listening to this tar recap with your girl brooke cam high and your baby boy bryce isaiah was popping i guess it would be a good day for everybody but ishwar in a party oh boo <laughs> Just do. I know. And my Tyra Banks voice. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. I think we were. I don't know. I mean, I guess not D'Angelo and Gary, but I don't know anybody else. Everyone I've spoken to so far is just dejected. Just these last few people after Kaylin and Haley, now Ishwar and Aparna. I mean, I like everybody. You know me. I'm Switzerland. But still, I was not happy about this yes i was not happy with the editing like stop with the deceptive editing okay obviously ishwar and aparna were not that close to gary and how does it feel because like when gary and how does it feel got to the pit stop it was like you could tell the brightness of the light and then when mm-hmm. ishwar and aparna got there it was a little bit dimmer so i'm like they weren't that Dusk, behind so yeah. don't have me on the edge of my seat thinking like oh my god they about to pull it off and they don't even pull it off but it was still fun to watch them they got hit with the double whammy dammy and had to do the u-turn yes i was like oh and so i mean i guess break it down because then when we get there because you know i got my questions so all right first of all 
good eye with the editing and the checking in because Amazing Race does a great job with editing and they have you believe people are sometimes closer than they are. I will say, and I'll go, I'll jump back, but I will say when Ishwar and Aparna got to the roadblock, I was like up and yelling because there's no way to edit that other than everyone else was still there. So I was psyched and really, really hoping that they pulled it out. But yes, I think it did take them longer to get to the pit stop than D'Angelo and Gary. But okay, so... We leave India. We go 3,000 miles from India to Cambodia. Really cool. I like this location. Yeah. I'm still bummed that it seems they skipped over all of Africa. That That's like my favorite with the landscapes and the vistas and the whole. It's just gorgeous. And we didn't get to see that this season, but maybe next time. So this is the exciting gnome leg. For anyone who doesn't know, every season there is an episode where you have to carry this, I mean, I have one in my own. Oh, yes, it's come like on. It's a foot and a half tall. It's not super light, um, but you have to carry this thing with you. It's always in some sort of, like, kitschy outfit. It's really cute. And on our season, we had to ride through Vietnam on these bicycles with a gnome strapped to the front of the bicycle. <laughs> it was really cute. Um, so this is the gnome leg. And we start this leg, the Mind 5 is shot to shit because the episode starts out with Will and James and Madison and Riley wanting Gary and... How does it feel? <laughs> Just out. They're going to do everything and anything that they can to U-turn them, to stop them in their tracks, and to get them out. Like, it is vicious. So, and then Hung chimes in saying Cambodia is going to be our leg. So I naturally think that means they're going home because, you know, every time somebody says this is going to be our leg right, or then. Leo says, I speak Kazakh or, <laughs> you know, they go home, but not today. So we start the leg and everybody heads to this market to find these tuk-tuks this time, actually tuk-tuks. Actually tuk-tuks. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm to find a gnome, which was so cute, like sitting in a little hammock in the back of a tuk-tuk with a basket of food and offerings. Um, so, and Hung does what I did every time we got in a cab. She asked the driver his name. Everyone else just yes. knows we're in a race for a million dollars and drivers don't care. But fine, when you ask the driver their name and get them involved, then they, they do better because they actually care. And yes. his name is Spider. Spider, so now I'm out. thinking... I'm thinking, great, this is foreshadowing they're going to eat spiders. Because last week I thought I saw something in the preview about an eating challenge and I'm freaking out. The spider, right. Thankfully, I was was, wrong. I I was dying when she was calling him Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Can you you not love her anymore? No, you can't. I can't not love her more. Which Wait, I love her as much as humanly possible, I think is how I mean to say that. If that's not what it said. I think she's just great. I think she's hilarious. And I just think I want to, you know, she's this cute little tiny. I want to, you know, put her in my pocket and hang out with her. Said like with it. love. I'm not discriminating. That was meant as a compliment. I think it will be received as a compliment. I, I like her because so. she gets spicy. Okay. Yes. She, is yes. she nice? But she also spicy. So I love the spiciness of it all. So, but I also like that she's so nice that even when she's trying to not be nice, she'll still give you the answer. She's like telling herself, don't help, don't help, don't help. And then she'll help you anyway. She can't help but be nice, which I think is just endearing. Yes, but not on Amazing Race. And especially not when you got Gary in. How does it feel? On (laughs) your back. So they on the little tut-tuts. And then they get to, uh, where do they get to? They get to, they have to. They have to go to this pier. They go to the the pier. They find their little, yeah, they find their little, um, their gnomes. They have to help their tuk-tuk driver attach the motorcycle to the tuk-tuk. And then they all go to this pier. And you can tell, you can see that Will and James, Hung and Chi, and Madison and Riley. So the mine five mini mine three, whatever, um, are all on the front. And their tuk-tuks are sort of right near each other. And they're having conversations about, 
let's get D'Angelo and Gary out today. Like they are on a mission yes. today. So they get to the pier and they have to travel by boat to this gorgeous, like floating city with this floating Buddhist temple. And it's just beautiful. And it makes me want to go to Cambodia. Yes. Immediately. And on this boat, Madison and Riley are doing something very smart. So for anyone who doesn't know. Come on, give it, drop that Brook knowledge. For anyone who doesn't know. The Amazing Race will give you, in your clue, supplemental information. So um, either flights you can't take because of whatever reason, um, or things you have to do when you get somewhere. Like if we have to go into a certain religious place, we had to go to into a Vietnamese temple and the rule was you could not run while on certain property you had to make sure you walked no faster than a walking pace so here it looks like they were given information on how exactly to go about giving their offerings to the uh buddhist monks in the floating temple so madison and riley are very smart they're on their boat and they're practicing the series of kneeling and how to how to give the offering and all of a sudden their boat breaks down and this is exciting because it starts like it just sputters out and then will and james pass them and then hung and she passed them. Man. And then D'Angelo and Gary passed them. Yes. And I love this. I was freaking out for them. But then I was thinking, like, could if, say, the boyfriends, could they have pulled their boat to the side and they I jumped so. boat? I think so. I don't see why not. Because that's what I was thinking. Because I was like, ooh. But I mean, it necessarily did not well, matter. Because, again, with the deceptive editing <laughs> that Gary and how does it feel? Passes them. But... Riley and Madison still get to the Buddhist temple first. I know. So, because their boat starts, it comes back to life. There's a miracle. Um, I will say, if it was a car, the answer would be, if it was a taxi, yeah, they could have picked up Madison and Riley. There's enough seats in the car. If if you're a self-driving leg, there's not enough seats in the car to pick up another team. The rule, if your car breaks down, is you either fix it or you wait for a replacement. So, they would have probably had to wait for a replacement boat. Um, These boats were big, so I guess in theory, they could have picked them up, but... Thank God this alliance is not that close that they're actually just going to pick you up and then drag you to the next (laughs) thing. But yes, Madison and Riley seem to get there first, do their basket giving to the Buddhists at the temple with no issue. Nobody has any issue. Everyone's sort of there at the same time waiting for the person before them to finish. And so this is a really close leg, and I love legs like this. I, I It's fun. It's nerve-wracking as heck when you're on the race and you're in a leg where you don't see anybody for several hours. But this is cool because you can sort of tell where everybody is. And the only thing that you couldn't tell is at the detour who was doing which side. So you couldn't tell if the other side had finished yet. But this is cool when there are lead changes. So everyone drops their baskets. And then we get to tonight's detour, which I thought was really, I thought these were good ones. So this is where my question comes in at. So we see (laughs) that uh, Gary and how does it feel? They uh, <laughs> U-turn Ishwar and Aparna, and then yes. to burn the book, the the Beard Brothers uh, U-turn Gary and D'Angelo. So, but they've already passed them. So, in theory, if the brothers got there first, they uh-huh. weren't going to U-turn them because they could then Gary and D'Angelo could then U-turn someone else from their alliance, or they could even U-turn the brothers, even though they were ahead of them. So they wouldn't have went for the the U-turn. Am I saying that right? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so if the if Madison and Riley got there first, mm-hmm. they already said since uh, D'Angelo and Gary were so close to them, they weren't going to U-turn them out of mm-hmm. fear that they might U-turn someone else in their alliance. Right. So, but I mean, who, like, they could have still... 
they could have then you turned Ishwar and Aparna and yeah, still I, the alliance yeah. could have been safe. So I guess my question to you is with that, if you would have got there first, is that a risk you'd have been willing to take or you would have just kept it cute since they would have been right, right there? I mean, the general rule is don't mess with somebody's game unless you think you're going to be able to get them out because they can mess with your game later. But they're so far into the race now and it was already known that this was the last The last turn. one. So, I mean, I probably would have used it. Also, oh. it keeps it interesting. I, it just, you, you turn, we did it on our season. Not, Scott and I didn't do this one, but on our season, we had like a grand plan to use the U-turn on one team and then burn the U-turn. So only one team had to do both sides. It is a death sentence, nine times out of 10, when only one team is U-turned. And this time, I mean, it was, but less so because of what happened later in the episode. So so let's jump. So so first they have to do the detour. Before you can U-turn anybody, you have to do the detour. And they had uh, fish or farm. Farm, they had to mix the soil and plant seeds on this cool little floating garden, which I thought was really interesting because when there's no land, they've just made everything happen on the water. Right. It's just very, it's ingenious. Or in fish, they had to haul this net, like this half mile long net through um, this weird, like spindly, cool, well, cool, like spindly apparatus and all of these little tiny fish would pop out. And then they had to gather 30 pounds worth of fish and get their next clue. So Hung and she choose to do that one, but their boat takes them to the wrong detour. So they go, okay, we'll do this one. This is where I'm taking you. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Right. And they take it. And Hung, of course, because she's just adorable, knows every plant that they're planting because her parents have all these plants in their backyard. And she's like saying names. And when Will and James get there, they're like, are these shits labeled? Like, how do you know what we're doing? And she's like, "Mm, I just know because they just are good at everything and adorable. Um, On the other side, you have Madison and Riley, D'Angelo and Gary and Ishwar and Aparna. Now, I was worried about D'Angelo and Gary, because as you astutely noted several times, D'Angelo and Gary have a tendency to not move at the same speed ever. And this detour required them to be pulling this net at the same speed or it was going to get all tangled or ripped or whatnot. And so I thought they'd do horribly, but they actually did very, very well, as did Madison and Riley and each one apart and good for them because all of these big dudes, Gary, D'Angelo, Madison, Riley, they're all complaining about how much their arms are burning and how hard it is. And then Ishwar and Aparna, who are smaller, are pulling it through with like no problems and loving it and doing great. And they're not complaining. And I like it. So I was giving props to them and I was really, really, really hopeful that they would have stayed. So in this challenge, though, do you think the fishing challenge was the faster challenge than the gardening? Okay, Mm -hmm. I do. And I think that if you were able to keep moving, which they were, it was just a faster, it was just a faster challenge. I think that sometimes that happens where it's not meant to necessarily be faster, but like the same thing with the bracelets um, and the dentures last time. I don't think the bracelets was meant to be significantly faster. I think people just worked really smart and and happened to get lucky and find what they needed quickly. Those needle and haystack ones are always iffy right Um, but this one this one i think the fish just by virtue of the fact that the teams that went there finished one two and three there wasn't any question and the other two teams finished a bit further behind um that it was just faster so this is where we have the detour and then um then they have to take their boats back to the mainland where we find the double u-turn which we just talked about where madison and riley are salivating to u-turn d'angelo and gary but somehow D'Angelo and Gary get there, you know, three seconds before them <laughs> and you turn each one apart. Now, I get that Madison and Riley are in an alliance with Hug and Chi 
and Will and James. I get it. I get Alliance. But you're down to five, soon to be four. I mean, and Ishvar and Aparna, I don't think they won a single leg so far. Maybe you don't push them out and keep in teams that have consistently been first and second with you. Right. I don't don't know that it was the smartest game move. It was loyal. But it it showed that Gary and how does it feel were sticking with the alliance. This was another thing. Were Ishwar and Aparna a part of the the Mind 5 alliance? Ishwar and Aparna were part of the Mind 5 alliance, yeah, but they were on like the, the back, 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 back. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I don't ever exactly. really remember seeing them uh, benefit from the alliance. Yeah, I think the only time might be when they were, where the, were they? At the, the airport, maybe? at the, the, the computer cafe? Yeah, yes. And also when they were making those um, instruments. Oh, the instruments. Like the, from the from the landfill pile or whatever. I think that that was a time where they helped each other. But otherwise, I just don't think necessarily they were in the same place. That's my point. They're far behind most of the time. So what are you doing? Like, at least make it interesting. Right. You know, and, but I get the argument could be that, you know, D'Angelo and Gary, Madison and Riley, they don't even know if Hung and Chi and Will and James had been there yet. Like, well, they could have already been there and gone and just not U-turned anybody. But I and think you don't the, know. The brothers, would, the brothers would have known that because... Because they would have They would have U-turned mm-hmm, Gary mm-hmm. and how does it feel? So Exactly. And how does it feel? Exactly. <laughs> so we would have known that. So then they get um, they get their clue and mm-hmm. then they got to go to this tile making um, situation, which was really, really fun. Um, I and I, do, do you fit task. the mold? I would have definitely killed this because I would have watched it about four times before I do anything. And I'm a baker. And I realized that if there is no heat, how was that tile coming off? But this is easier for me to say watching in the comfort of my bed, drinking juice under a blanket <laughs> instead of being in the hot. Cambodian factory. So um, I was, I thought it was just so funny how, how does it feel? It was like, I know this. I don't even got to watch it. I can do this. I know, I know this. What they do. I know this. I know this. I know this. And it's like Gary is on the side. There like, is a demonstration for a reason. Right. Like, come on. And Gary's like, he's not even watching. I'm going to take a nap. And Gary takes a nap? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I love Gary. I, I, I know. I know. I, I think he's fantastic. If you pay attention to his little one-liners, he is hilarious. He so he's like, Gary's napping. That's fine. D'Angelo's on his like 12th try and still hasn't watched the demonstration. I don't get this. This is this is very similar to we had a task in Venice, which was the first leg of the race where I felt like we were coming into our own. It was like leg seven. There were six teams left. We had this task and it was like, oh, shoot. I usually remember exactly what the roadblock thing said. But basically, we had to paint a Venetian mask of some Commedia dell'arte like performer. And there was a very specific order in which you had to do the steps. I didn't even realize at the time, but I did the roadblock and I was in last place. I was six out of six. And had I known that, I probably would have been more nervous. But I walk in and I ask the lady to start the demonstration over. And she's like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) So that's fine. So, So there were three other people left there at the time. I didn't realize I was in the back. And one of the girls is like, Brooke always wants them to start things over and put on your big girl pants and whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. I waited. And then I did it right. The girl who had said that mm. did not do it right. Mm. And she ended up, they ended up coming and last that leg of the race. But I went in sixth. I came out fourth because you need to watch the demo. Yes. They're not doing it for their own, you know, shits and giggles. They're doing it for your benefit. By the time you do this five, six, eight, ten, a yes. dozen times and it's not working, go look at what she, we'll go look at what the guy's doing. So it, I think this roadblock was fantastic. This was my jam. I'm artsy. 
There was no heavy lifting and it ends with a slide puzzle. Now, I don't know if you know this about me. Most people don't because I don't share how big a nerd I am. Like oh. I am a big puzzle nerd. Oh. Like, I can solve a slide puzzle in like less than a minute. I can do a Rubik's cube in like oh. two and a half minutes. Oh. I'm like a big nerd. Like I do these things around the house, to, like keep my mind sharp because I'm getting old now. Oh. Um, so they have to make these tiles and then they have to do the slide puzzle. And I love this task because not only is it just like the physical part of like making sure you get the paint in the right spot, but it's also doing a puzzle at the end of it. And I think, I think this is just such a good one. I was excited because it gave me survivor vibes a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you got to get to this task. And then, you know, what I really enjoyed about this leg was that because people like, how does it feel? Wanted to rush through it. It gave people like, my each weren't a part of time to get caught up. And I was really just hoping that they would use their engineer degree here. <laughs> are they engineers? Oh, are I'm just pro- kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we're programmers. No, they say it every 10 right. seconds. That's what, or they're edited to say it every 10 seconds. That's why. So I'm just like, you would just think that you use that degree, baby boy, and know that there's a process. And if it's not coming off the first time, so I just was mad that then he realized it. He had it first and then he got the color wrong. I'm like, baby yeah. boy, what like, but I understand the pressure. So then obviously the order was uh, Riley and Madison. Then it was, ooh, what's it? Oh, the boyfriends. And then mm-hmm. it was Hung and Chi. Mm-hmm. And then it was between Eastward and Parna and Gary and How Does It Feel? And they got it, which was so annoying. And then- but Can we just, just take one second to just give- much, much credit to Aparna because this is my favorite part of the episode. Each word Aparna walk in, you still have Hung and Chi, you still have D'Angelo and Gary, and they're still working on the oh, thing. Yeah. And how does it feel is on his like 11th try. Aparna walks in, how does it feel goes, how are you? And she just drops the F-bomb yeah. right in his face. Like she is salty and I am loving it. And then she just starts heckling him. Like she's doing, she can't help her partner. That's against the rules, but she sure as hell can heckle how does it feel? And that's what she starts doing. And I am just jumping up and down and loving it. I was here for that, you know. And I think she gets in his head a little bit. I think so, too. But not enough. She should have no. been clapping like Tanisha from Bad Girls Club. Like, no, <laughs> ain't get no sleep tonight. So then because of the editing of Amazing Race, they make it seem like Gary and how does it feel? Can't find a tut-tut. And it makes it seem like East Warner Parna had time to catch up. And it, mm-hmm. like, it's neck and neck. Right. And then Gary and how does it feel end up with a bulldozer in the middle I of the know. road. And, and then- these monks are taking down a tree. And the other two are just zipping by, but they're on the longer road. So who's going to make it? And I'm like, oh, my God. And then yes. they do the little trickery where they just show the host standing Phil, there. Right. <laughs> and you hear the voices like, come on, Gary. Come on, Ishwar. And I'm like, ooh, could it be? And then, child, I see how does it feel? Dreads sweeping through. I'm like, ugh. But, I mean, I am happy that Gary and How Does It Feel have made it this far because I do like them. They are so interesting to watch. They are freaking frack. So I am glad that they were able to make it. But I was very sad to see my ish and a par go home. But all things considered, I think they did a really good job and they really should be proud of their game. Uh, yeah, they did a fantastic job. And she's all I think my parents, our parents would be proud of us. And I was bonding with my brother. And as someone who applied with their brother, I, I applaud this. I think they have a great relationship. I think they should not hang their heads. I think they did fantastically, especially, you know, being the only team that was U-turn and doing two sides of a detour and still making it so close. That's like nothing to sneeze at. They did really, really great. And, you know. No, for sure. 
And so now it's like, at this point, I just want one of the top three of the alliance to win. Either the I boyfriends, know. Hung and Chi, or my baby daddy, Madison and Riley. Um, and I'm curious to see if you or me, like, if I'm winning a quarter next week or you're winning a quarter, because, you know, we bet that you said that uh, Gary and how does it feel would be out for. So I'm so excited to see next week's episode to see who goes home. And it looks like the boyfriends are having like a little tobacco mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the back of a truck. So I'm excited and I'm like kind of excited that like I'm almost to the end of like my first complete season of Tar, aka the Amazing Race. I'm so happy that we've been doing this. I I will say one thing that I'm going to find interesting for next week. Okay. They're going to the Philippines, oh. which you heard, uh, I don't know if you heard, but in the preview, Hung says this is where she's from. So she's like excited to go. What I did notice is there were three things. One, you're right. Will and James are having some navigation issue and flipping out a little bit. Hung is the only woman left. And it looks like the first task they have to do or one of the tasks they have to do is they have to go running around Manila and the Mm. Philippines in high heels. Mm. So I'm going to say it right now. I just by virtue of the fact that this happens regularly, the big, strong, all male team goes home fourth. I think I might win a quarter, but and and I will say I have no idea how this week shakes out. But I'm going to say Hung and Chi, I'm going to give them this leg. No guy is going to be, well, most guys are not going to be able to run in heels. Like a woman who has done this, I wasn't referring, like a woman who has done this to try and catch the subway in, we're at New York City or whatever. We are trained to run in heels. So I'm curious to see how this goes. There's also looks like there's some sort of challenge with flags next week and people are bugging out about it. I, I, I will say I will get grumpy grandpa next week. If, if, Look, look. I'm listening. Bryce. Mm-hmm. Bryce. Yes. You have downtime on this race. You are in airports. And we've already talked about like internet cafes and you mm-hmm. you find ways to get information. If you're not studying the currency, mm-hmm. the language, mm-hmm. the flag of at least every country that you've been to so far, knowing at the end that there is some me- memory challenge that will come up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. So I don't know what the flag task is. But if it's about places they've been and people have not paid attention to that, I don't get it. At least James should as a self-proclaimed super fan. Oh, so this is new to me. So there's always a memory challenge towards the end. Oh, so the last episode when there are the final three, the roadblock will be or a roadblock will be an overarching of the entire season memory challenge of some kind. Oh, so I know you saw mine, but for mine, we were in Wrigley Field. And I had to go into the um, announcer booth and Scott had to climb into the scoreboard. And so I had to, it was a one-way radio and I had to tell him the order that we finished in every leg of the race. And he had to put it up on the scoreboard, but it was alphabetical, not based on the legs of the race. So I had to count through which leg and blah, 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 so on and so forth. So you never know what they're going to ask you. There have been tasks where they have asked you um, exactly what the greeter said to you at the mat, the hello and the goodbye in every in every language that you were in during the race, the money, um, your order, the flags of every location. Like these things, things have all been asked. I'm hoping these people are taking notes because if you expect to get to the end and you expect to win it, you need to have your facts straight. And so we'll see what happens oh. next week. Well, see what happens. Kap kuka. Best thank you very much in the Philippines. Come on. You know Look I've at been, you. Listen, you know I've been to the Philippines, girl. Okay. I've been, I've been to Manila for the females. It's Kapkuka. For the men, it's Kapkukan. But, you know, when I was in the Philippines, I was, I was a little spicy. I was Kapkuka. 
But yes, come on. You know, I, I, I know a little something, but I'm excited. Thank you, Brookie Poo. We down to Thank the you. end. And I will see you next. next. How does it feel? <laughs> Keeping the menu rolling. I was, you know, minding my business, y'all. And then I see on like somewhere on social media or maybe even on my phone, it popped up like Euphoria new episode part one trouble don't last forever now i'm like wait a minute is this the new season what's going on y'all know here i really love euphoria we talked about the first season earlier on in the podcast and i'm so excited to know that it's coming back feels like seems like it's been forever so I don't think that this episode necessarily is a part of season two, but I do feel like it was kind of like something to hold y'all over. So I didn't really know what to expect. It's been such a long time since I've seen Euphoria or since we've even talked about it. But the main character, Rue, is an adolescent teenager who is experiencing the trauma of her father dying. Um, her mother, who is a single mother now, Rue's got a younger sister who really looks up to Rue. Rue has a drug addiction problem. Um, she, like the start of season one, Rue kind of came home from, uh, I would say, a program. However, all throughout season one, Rue uses, um, and that's kind of like a lot of the times she's high and a lot of different things happen. She meets a young lady named Jules, who she falls in love with. We learn throughout the series that Rue is trans. And, you know, Rue has her own little story. You know, she's trying to find love in all the wrong places. Her and Rue have this connection. It's a lot to go on. Rue goes to AA meetings. She meets this guy named Ali, who kind of sort of becomes her sponsor, uh, through Rue's addiction, she gets kind of caught up in some gangs. She's got this other guy, I can't remember his name, who she gets her drugs from that he really likes her. So it's so much. If y'all have not seen Euphoria, I highly recommend you get caught up on season one. Okay, it's on HBO, HBO Max, whatever the hell. I don't I don't know how many HBOs they is, but I know that they taking money out of my account every month. So make sure you guys watch Euphoria. I think that it's really great. So Back to what I was saying. I was really excited that, you know, we got something to hold us over. But I wasn't sure because I'm like, wait a minute, is this the start of season two? So, you know, Sunday afternoon, I'm just laying in bed, nothing really to do. And I'm like, oh, let me watch Euphoria so I can see what it's about. Baby, let me just tell y'all, I was not ready for my life to be gathered by this episode or whatever, this purgatory episode, whatever it was, it really kind of got to me. Um, so the episode takes place. It's Christmas Eve. And it I, I'm assuming that it's supposed to happen. Uh, spoiler alert. At the last episode of season one of Euphoria, Jules and Rue, I believe they might be at a party, but Rue suggests that they run away together. And I think Jules is like going to school in New York. And they're like, we can get on the train tonight and go. And so Jules was with it. Jules was like, yes, let's go. Let's get up out of here. However, we know that like in school where Jules is at, she met a new young lady. And so Rue kind of feels like, does she really love me? And so Rue suggests like, hey, let's get away together and let's go. And J Jules, to Rue's surprise, was all about it, okay? Jules, they, they went to the train station. Jules got on that train and Rue could not. 
and Jules got on the train and it left. And so that's literally where season one leaves off. So in this purgatory episode, it starts with like Jules, okay, and Rue seem to be living together in Jules's dorm. So I'm like, yes, they made it work. And Jules is getting ready for a presentation. And Rue is living with her. Seems they live in their best life. It looks like Jules has a, a huge or a big presentation of school that she's preparing for. And Rue is like supporting her, you know, giving her love, support, showing her all this love. And Jules leaves for school. And the second that Jules leaves for school, Rue runs right to the bed, gets a pill, starts crushing it. And so even in this fairy tale, Jules is still using. Now, when Rue, I can't even talk, when Rue crushes the pill and goes to snort it, it seems that she comes back to reality. She's at a bathroom in a diner and looks like she did snort something in the bathroom, even in the dream. And in reality, she's still using and she goes and sits at the table with her sponsor, Ali. Now, we've seen Ali throughout the show where he don't hold back from Rue. He called Rue on her shit. And we always see them through episode one. If you haven't watched it, you'll see. Sorry for the spoilers. But for my purple pants posse that seen the season with me and watched this episode, you know that he he don't play with Rue. He like holds Rue accountable. And so he's essentially her sponsor. He's always like, call me when you need me. And they always meet up at this diner. And so in this conversation, because for real, for real, let me just tell y'all, it ain't really an episode. It's more like a monologue, not even a monologue, but a conversation between Rue and Ali. In that conversation, Ali gathers my life and so I, I let me just break it down for you. So he's basically asking Rue what your issue is, what's your problem? And Rue's kind of like being ambiguous, <laughs> ambivalent and not just giving him, you know, somebody asks you how you doing, you'd be like, I'm fine. Like she's giving him those type of answers. And, and he's like, I'm not for the bullshit, Rue. Tell me what's going on. Tell me why you still using. Tell me. But I just have to say, in this I realized why I love Euphoria so much. And I did not realize or connect in the season that Rue has so many parallels in my life. And I really think that she has a lot of parallels in so many other people's lives where she is disappointed in herself just for whatever, like, and take the drug addiction out of it. I, you know, I was just putting my disappointments in my life. You know, also follow me because, you know, I'm all over the place. It takes place Christmas Eve. So I really feel like around the holiday times, a lot of people's emotions get out of whack. You know, it's just sometimes it's a really high time. Sometimes it's a really low time. So I also felt like the parallels of it being Christmas Eve were so on point. But anyway, back to I feel like Rue just has so many different commonalities in myself where you you feel like you've done a lot of wrong in your life, whatever it may be, and you don't sometimes feel like you are worthy of being the greatness that you are. And we really see that in Rue in this monologue, because it's not really an episode, but in this monologue, and I just really could relate into my life because I feel like there are so many things that I want to do, so many things, and sometimes I, as you know, as high of a personality, you know, you get this, ah, and you know sometimes I have my low days and some days I don't feel like I'm worthy and and I just really could relate to Rue and Ali was really kind of pouring into her and just saying like girl no matter what it is 
you got to believe in something, whatever religion, whatever something, but you got to believe in something. And at the very least, you got to want to get over this addiction. And, you know, in Rue's case, it it is her drug addiction. But in the greater scheme of things, I really took it as the addiction, the issue, whatever the issues that we have that plague our life, we've got to see past it and if we don't allow ourselves to see past it we're going to forever be on this like circle of feeling down for ourselves and not knowing and it just was a really good conversation a real real conversation and that just really made me have so much more understanding for Rue. It really makes me want to go watch the whole season again because my perspective on her through this monologue because it's not an episode the monologue Really, just the rawness in it. And what I liked about it was that it didn't wrap up with a bow. And that's not how life is. Like, life doesn't wrap up with a bow. You know, you've got to make progress. And I just love the fact that this show highlights drug addiction in teenagers. And you know me being, you know, a social worker in the mental health field, I don't really feel like it gets highlighted. Or, you know, we'll see it highlighted. Or it, it, it just doesn't get highlighted in the realness that I feel like euphoria does. And it really humanizes us to rue and it really shows us and even at one point Ali was like I don't think that you know you're a bad person because of your addiction I think that your addiction causes you to be a bad person now that's something deep to kind of like break down like I don't think you're a bad person because of your addiction I think that your addiction causes you to be a bad person and you know he really talks to rue about the addiction and again it could be addiction. However, for me, I'm like using it for the things in my life that I'm not necessarily happy about. And I think that a lot of people can relate it to other things in their life that, you know, you're not a bad person because of the things that you struggle with. You know, the things that you struggle with cause you to feel like that you're not a good person. You, you follow me? And so he really, Ali, was challenging Rue to think bigger and that, like, you know, you've got to want to change to get out of your addiction. And that was like, kind of for me like you gotta want to change to get out of your funk and how you feeling about certain things in your life and I challenge that to my purple pants posse is that like we've gotta want to change and so it's like you know we can feel like oh we're on this never ending circle but we have to use the power and we have to use our friends like Ali who call us on our shit we have to you know I just I just saw so much in this episode that I wasn't expecting and at first I will admit I was like is this whole episode going to be at this diner? But once I got past that and really started to see the 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 peeling back of Rue's personality and I could see the parallels in my life, um, although very different, but it, it just allowed me to humanize her and humanize myself. So I have to say, Purple Pants Posse, if y'all got nothing to do, watch season one of Euphoria. And if you've already watched season one of Euphoria, please watch this trouble don't last forever and that was like the common theme in the this episode was that you might feel like huh your life is not where you want it to be you might feel like you can't get a hold of this addiction you might feel like but for sure trouble does not last forever and you've got to want to see past it and until you're ready to see past it you won't 
And so it just whoo, did something for my soul. And so I was like, do I want to talk about this? Like, I, I was like, nope. So I literally just paused it, got up out the bed. And I was like, let me tell my Purple Pants Posse about this Euphoria episode. And it really makes me excited because the Carol, the, the Carol, not Christmas Carol, the character development in this one episode alone really has me so excited to see the evolution of Rue and really the writing of this show. So I'm just so excited for Euphoria. I just had to get one here and tell y'all if y'all seen it, please tweet me. DM, you know, but you know how to get in contact with me. Let me know if it was as moving for you as it was for me. And just remember, Purple Pants Posse, trouble don't last always. <laughs> You pick, I say, that's right. We are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast where you, the listener, get to drive the conversation. That's right. Every Saturday to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah. I'll post a photo that says drop your topics and it's the chance for you to write whatever it is you want to hear me say. And yes, sometimes y'all be getting messy, but you know, I love the mess per. So yes, what are we waiting for? Let's get into the first purple pants pick. The first purple pants picks is from Chels Brooks and she's asking tipping and service tips. So this is such a good Purple Pants pick. I literally was having a conversation with my friend this week. So, you know, every like four weeks, maybe once a month, I treat myself to get a little pedicure. I like to keep my toes clean. Okay, don't judge me. And while I was waiting for my toes to dry, I was talking to my friend. And this conversation kind of organically came up. And it was about tipping and service. One, I'm a proponent of tipping because you know i've worked in retail for decades in my life serving the public you know fast food you know just retail so i get it and the public is not fun to deal with but i brought up this unique situation to my friend saying when i go places like out to eat getting my nails done valeting my car just in different service aspects i feel like because i'm a gay black man there is this stigma that Black people don't tip well. And I was diving into depth with my friend about that because I feel like when we go places and because we're black and, you know, because I'm black and I'm gay, I feel like people have this preconceived notion that, like, they're not going to tip. So my service is going to be subpar. And I feel like as a consumer, um, I'm not, and let me just clear the air by saying when I tip, I normally always tip 20%, if not higher, because I, I respect this industry and I respect the work that you do. And like, you know, I feel like you should be compensated for that. However, if you ain't half assing, not really checking on the table, not really, then baby, you're not getting a tip from me because I feel like I tip because I want to tip, not because I have to tip. And so I was talking to my friend about really negative cycle that I feel like I face and a lot of other of my friends that look like me face is that they have this notion that black people don't tip. So when you go places, they're not excited to serve us. 
us. So then their service is subpar. So if the service is subpar, why am I tipping you? Just, I don't know. It's just this weird cycle. For instance, I was getting my nails done with my friend. You know, I just like, you know, every couple of weeks, I just like, listen, we in quarantine. I, you know, I like to look down at my toes and I like them to feel like, you know, pretty, you know, you know, that's my prerogative. So we called this place. We made a reservation. We got there and it was, it seemed like the nail techs that were, uh, it was like two nail techs and this lady who looked like she was possibly like the owner or maybe like supervising, uh, the people. She was just like, I'm like, hi, we have an appointment for two. One of the people that were getting their nails done was finishing up. So my friend got that person. I got the lady at the front desk who was like watching TV on her phone, which I am at. When I tell y'all the service was not great. Um, I've been to this place before and I normally get this lady named Gloria. She my girl. She be work. She first of all, she Gloria be trying me. She be like, she be like, you need to get the uh the hill, uh you you need to get the hill treatment. Talk about my hills be uh, <laughs> rough. First of all, Gloria, don't do me. I've been here before. I normally get Gloria. I didn't get Gloria. I got this lady. I, I didn't even know her name. When I tell you it was so subpar. It just was, I'm just like, and I'm looking at my friend, like this lady is like, you know, at one point in time, one, and you know, because I, I don't know if you, any of you ladies or gentlemen that listen, when you in the pandemic, if you're getting your nails done, a lot of the times the tools that they use, they come in like these baggies because it's like fresh tools every time. At one point in time, while the lady was like doing, my, you know, getting my cuticles, the thing dropped on the floor. She picked it up and was getting ready to go back to work on my face. I'm like, excuse me, um, you're going to get another one, right? Just roll her eye. Like, just really weird. So I felt like the service was so horrible. And then I started having this conversation with my friend. Like, do I, I feel like she's expecting not to get a tip or she's expecting like he's not going to tip me anyway. So like, I don't know. So it was like this weird back and forth. So I was like, should I tip or should I not tip? But anyway, you know, I'm on a roll for a better price. So I tipped her $15. And obviously, you could tell that she just was not expecting for me to tip or to even to tip $15. Mind you, my pedicure was only $25. And, you know, I'm tipping $15. And so when I was waiting for my friend for her toes to die, she came over like, would you like a massage? I'm like, mm, how funny is this? So it just really kind of this, this subject just came up and I, I see this a lot of times establishments for like restaurants and stuff that I'd like a waiter to say like hey my name is Bryce I'm gonna be serving you guys I hate when a waiter comes over and it's just like how can I help like um and I always am like hi what's your name because I like to address you as your name it's just this weird cycle that I know personally I feel that like I feel like I have to tip because I feel like I need to break this stereotype of people not thinking that people of color don't tip but at the same time I'm also torn because I do feel like if you're not warranted of a tip, baby. I will, I'll write a note on a receipt. Don't smoke in bed. But not because I don't tip, but because I feel like your service was horrible. Whew. Let me know, Purple Pants Posse, if y'all hear what I'm saying or y'all think I'm just wrong or y'all have been in situations like that before. Let me know what you think. All right. What's the next Purple Pants pick? The second Purple Pants picks comes from DK underscore Ajul, and they want to know, Wedding hysteria and gathering your wedding party. Hey, DK. So I'm actually the man of honor in my best friend's wedding. And I can say that, ooh, Chile, I don't envy you. It's a lot. 
And I will say that, yes, you, if you are the bride, you need to gather your wedding party. I feel like you need to be very clear on what your expectations are and what they are looking for. I feel like you should also have very clear timelines and expectations. And if you don't, that's going to be an issue because it's your day. So you need to set the tone and set the example of how you want your day to be. Because I'm going through the same issue with my best friend because my best friend is getting married and I feel like she getting married. I'm getting married. However, my best friend, who I love dearly, she is more of a last minute type of person which is nothing wrong with that that's just her personality my personality is more of a let's set a date to plan for the day that we're going to set the date to plan for the day to get ready for your big day that's just me always has been and our personalities tend to conflict with that a lot because i'm like let's be prepared my friend is like well let's just see what happens So I'm so excited for her wedding and I want it to be perfect. However, you know, it's not my wedding. So I I don't want to overstep my bounds. However, I really wish my best friend would gather her wedding party. So feel free, DK underscore Jewel, to gather your wedding party. And just know the hysteria is a part of it. You just got to lean into it. Don't let it get you too crazy wet your whistle and i know your day will be amazing what's the next purple pants pick josh small is asking have you seen the queen's gambit no spoilers but baby boy chile 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 baby boy yes i think we talked about this before on the purple pants pick so i am slow walking the queen's gambit because i really enjoy it and i don't want to i don't want it to just leave me so quickly so yes i love it I'm obsessed with Beth Harmon, okay? I even told Barb about it the other night, and she called me today and was like, I'm on episode five. Now, mind you, I've been watching The Queen's Gambit for about a month, and I'm only on episode six. Barb watched it in a day. She's on episode five. So, yes, Chile, I don't know how it's going to end, but I am definitely loving The Queen's Gambit. You could call me Bryce Isaiah Harmon, okay? And... No spoilers, but I really love Bev Harmon's adoptive mom, the lady who drunk a lot. Although she was a mess, I feel like she just, she was ride or die for Beth. And I felt like Beth appreciate that. And I liked, um, I forget, what was the, the janitor's name? Mr. Mr. Sheeble. <laughs> he was my guy too. What's the next purple pants pick? Joe dot hen 23 is asking Lauren's TikTok series. Yes, Lauren Ashley back okay from the island of the idols is blowing up on tiktok if you are not following her make sure you follow her on tiktok i believe it's the lauren ashley back she is killing it over there on tiktok and i literally the other day just made a tiktok so i could just follow her she does like these behind the scenes um survivor questions she child she be doing all of the tiktok dances and keyword trying to do all the tiktok dances but yes i love it i love to see a black queen getting her shine after survivor so i'm all here for it so make sure you guys follow the lauren ashley back on the tick in the top haha bryce isaiah sent you what's the next purple pants pick john john rules is asking have you considered playing the live sequester maybe season five we could see you play baby boy hey john john listen i'm loving 
Sequester Season 4, okay? It's so good. So I could be only honored to actually play in the real game of Sequester. But listen, baby boy is just enjoying, okay, watching it. And shout out to Brendan, who did our intro from Sequester Season 4. Let's go. But really, Sequester is good. If y'all not watching it, y'all need to get catch up. Because baby... It, I mean, it kind of meets your big brother needs. It meets your survivor needs. It got all of the shady back talk. I mean, I'm just here for Sequester Season 4. Audrey is really doing her thing. Now, what's the final purple pants pick? Just underscore Ash 88 says, oh, Give Kids the World is still happening during a pandemic. Thoughts? Oh, baby. Let her, oh, oh. Let me uh let me wet the whistle before I answer this. Hold on. Mm. So here's what I'll say. I've participated in Give Kids the World two times in my post-survivor career. I have raised thousands of dollars for them. I think that it is an amazing charity. That's what I'll say. Now, they asked me to participate in it this year, and I politely declined because it's in the middle of a pandemic and me personally I don't feel like that it's appropriate now we know that several survivor and big brother players have gone on down to Florida and they're participating in the reality event and that's hey if that's that that's what they want to do that's what they want to do but baby, people is breaking the news. I didn't read some articles. I didn't read some things on the Twitter that some of the big brother people that went, they ain't even meet the five hundred dollar uh like bar that you're supposed to set. Um, some of the big brother people have like you know been seen in their hotel rooms just partying it up. What you do at you know Hearts of Reality? Um, and they were like partying in their own hotel room, but like no masks and just like but. I say this to say that I did not feel comfortable uh, participating in the charity event this year due to the pandemic. And I will would have gladly raised money for them if they would have asked me to, because I really believe that it's a great cause. But my, my me, myself and I would have not I'm not flying to Florida for a fundraiser event that is like open to the public for buying tickets that it just it, it just don't sit right with me. Um so that's just that that's my take on it. I'm not bashing the organization. Um but me personally, yeah. Um yeah. I would have I would have done in a virtual event. You, we've seen, I think even Janelle from Big Brother did a virtual event, event raised like $30,000. We've seen, you know, Eliza running for Manhattan District Attorney has done virtual events and have been super successful. So that's the route I would have went. But I'm not in charge. I can only mind my business in Philadelphia and, you know, pay the bills that pay me if you feel what I'm saying. Okay. And so ho- hopefully when the world opens back up, I can, you know, be back of florida when it's safe but you know until then i'm gonna mind my business <laughs> and just a reminder if your pick didn't get picked this week do not worry every saturday on bryce's instagram and twitter at bryce isaiah that's b-r-i-c-e-i-z-y-a-h Bryce posts the purple pants picks and it's your chance as the listener to get your pick in tune in next week to see if your purple pants pick was Picked. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the 
freak of the week. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. Might be you, might be me, might be a a. Listen, I be singing that song in the shower. Ooh. Now, that's not the song that I be singing, but I'm just saying. I be singing in the shower. So, listen, this week's Freak of the Week, baby, is such a special one, such a deserving one. So, I was minding my business. Let me tell you the story real quick. Hold on, wait. Let me just wet the whistle. Hold on. Mm. Mm. So, I was minding my business last week because, you know, that's what I do, mind my business. And so, it was like December 1st. And, you know, every time a new month comes, I always would like post from the 2020 Zaddy calendar and the Hot Girl calendar. You know, show my legacy. Let them know that we promoting the 2021 Bryce Isaiah, Zaddy, and Hot Girl. But listen, honey, we had one last year, too. So, you know, I posted my little photo of Chris Underwood and Bay Bay. T-Bird. Whoo, I forgot how much she was serving in her photo. So, I mean, that alone should make her a freak of the week. But I happened to just be like, you know, perusing her page because she like posted her photo in the Zaddy calendar. I mean, not the Zaddy calendar because I mean, although she could be a Zaddy, um, she posted her photo in the hot girl calendar to her page. And so I went on back on November 24th when she was promoting talking with T-Bird, you know, her and Rob uh, talk with old school players or just people that we haven't heard from the survivor community. And if you haven't heard talking with T-Bird, you're missing out anyway. Um, she was promoting that she and Rob had talked to Brandon, I think Quentin, which is a good episode. And Bay Bay, you know, she, you know, T-Burst from the, the Georgia, she's like a sweet Southern belle. And, you know, she's like telling us to watch, uh, to go listen. But baby, I'm like looking at the, uh, the video and T-Burst got a, a, a tank top that say sugar daddy. Now, mind you, T-Bird is married and not looking for no sugar daddy. But I'm just here for the shirt. And the fact that T-Bird is wearing a shirt that says sugar daddy. Listen, T-Bird, send him my way. Okay? Send him my way. So, listen. T-Bird is the freak of the week. So, make sure you go to her Instagram, which is T-Bird Cooper. And look at that post on November 24th and light him up. Okay, shout out to Miss Amy and Miss uh Miss Gina. Okay, because I be singing y'all. Y'all always write the freak of the week on the pages. So shout out, okay, and let T Bird know she is the freak of the week. Okay, and listen, if y'all know any sugar jetties, please tell him that my DMs are open. I'm a mess, y'all. And if T Bird Cooper is our freak of the week, then listen. Simply Decadence, we have reached the end of another great episode. Thank you so much for sticking in there with me. And make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the back of Uncle Pookie's truck. You better get you some of this Simply Decadence out here and make sure you write a review. Okay, give your baby boy some five stars and tell a sugar daddy to tell a sugar daddy to tell a sugar daddy to tell a sugar daddy that Issa, Issa, Issa. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast.
podcast you let listen in public might make your stomach hurt Ooh, it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to get your snack you better hurry right back though it's the purple pants it's the purple pants